The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Runners, welcome back to another episode of The Running Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything running, funnily enough. The highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and everything in between. My name is Lloyd. And I will not be your host for today's episode as we're switching things up this time around and OG Trackster man Alfie will be hosting for today. And on today's show, we are welcoming 1311 5K man running out of NAU, Nico Young. Now, I don't actually know what was discussed on this episode because at the point of recording this intro, I haven't even listened to it. So I'm going to listen alongside all of our loyal Trackster fans. And if you do want to follow along with what we're doing at Trackster and this podcast, please do head over to our Instagram, drop us a follow, and you can check out our website, trackster.com. That's where we put all of our longer form content from our YouTube channel, and you can register for our running newsletter where you can keep up to date with all of the running world news that's going on. Plus, you can find all these podcast episodes on there too. Now, finally, to support this show, please do leave us a review if you enjoy it, which is now available on all platforms. So without further ado, Alfie, get yourself in here, son. Welcome to the show, Nico Young. Okay, so welcome back to the podcast, Nico Young. I think this is the third time we've had yeah. you on now. So how are you doing, first of all? And uh, yeah, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing really well. I uh, just got back from my conference meet, so I'm still a little tired, but I'm good. Was that a double in the 15 and the 5K? Is, is that right? Yes. Yeah, 15-5. I've done that, I think, every year at our outdoor conference. So it was good. Good practice. Out- how did you find the conference? I know, so the 5K was, what, three hours after the 15 final? So how were the mm-hmm. overall? And it was, was it a first and a second? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. Um, I mean, I feel like, uh, I guess ever since I've been at NAU, the, our conference has been pretty competitive on the distance side. Uh, I mean, Montana State, especially, they're like, they have, I mean, Duncan Hamilton from there, he almost made like the world team in the steeple last year. So he's really good, you know, so it's super competitive. So I feel like it's just a great, um, yeah, competitive opportunity without like pacing and all of that, especially when running like this at 1500 prelim and then a final. So I think that's great practice. And then the 5K is the last event. So I also ran the 5K. Yeah. Was it at altitude or were they just times or just tactical races? Uh, it was, it's at like around 5,000 feet, similar to Albuquerque. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of both like tactical races as well as some mm-hmm. altitudes having an effect in there. Yeah. I don't, oh, definitely. I don't really yeah. know the altitude conversion for 5,000 feet, if I'm honest. So I wouldn't I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the description if anyone's interested what they convert to, even though the altitude cool. conversions are a lot of rubbish because um, a, guy in, a guy in Kenya ran 332 the other day in the 15, which apparently equates to a, a 326. So, oh yeah, that's crazy. I hope someone's not in three twenty six shape at this point in the season. Uh, yeah, who knows? So, with the Big Sky Conference, what is like the logistics of you choosing to do the fifteen and five? Is it just get some race prep in, or is it kind of an obligation for the team? Yeah, um, oh, it's both. Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely always 
whenever we go to conference, we're trying to win as a team. So, I mean, we've got people running like a ton of different events. I think uh, like we had guys on our team run the 15, 800 and 5k, which is five races. So we definitely, uh, it's definitely a packed weekend. Um, for me, yeah, it was uh, trying to score points, but also uh, I think I don't really run a lot of 1500s, so I think running like a prelim 15 and then a final um, is really good, like tactical practice um, for racing and uh, yeah, running the 5k as well. That's definitely at the end and it's uh, everyone's much more tired for that. So that's a little bit different. So it's more just like getting in the last bit of work, I feel like, but um, it's it's still very much like that. And I think it's really great for a race experience. And uh, where are you at sort of in your training at this point in the season? Like, uh, did you have some few setbacks in the early in this year? Is that right? And uh, kind of where are you at now and how are you feeling going into the rest of this season? I assume nationals in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I did have a couple, well, it's kind of just been one thing that's been pretty persistent ever since uh, sort of like the regional meet in cross country. It's kind of, I've kind of had a, uh, like a mechanical issue ever since then. Um, but it's from then till now, it's much better. So it's just continuing to get better and better and better. It's still not where I, I'm still not where I want to be with how that feels, but um, I think I'm in a good spot where, yeah, I'm, I'm feel really great competing and um, all of that. So I, I think I'm good. I just, if I continue to get better from here, I think it's going to be fine, but um, yeah, I've been able to get a lot more consistent training in this outdoor season versus this indoor. And I think that's helped me a lot. And uh, yeah, I think I'm in a good spot going into the regional meet. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And was uh, that mechanical issue just something that you needed to file out with like strength training or was it more of a, a serious issue? Like what was this kind of cause and all the effect of it really? Um, I mean, from from my understanding, it's it's the cause of it is just like running, just like just the more you run, the more problems like this uh, come up. So I've just been uh, doing a lot of exercises, not necessarily like strengthening, but just kind of like unwinding the motions that we use to run in order to keep myself mobile and um, fresh. Um, that's kind of the idea behind it. So it's kind of a problem that um, I'll probably... I feel like everyone, it's kind of something that everyone has to deal with, but affects you in different ways. Like I don't really have any pain or anything. Some people who have this type of problem might, I don't know, they might have a lot of pain and then they can't run, but I, I can run, but it just, just doesn't feel right sometimes. But uh, I've, I think I have gr a really great um, support system and people that I have been able to um, understand what's happening from and, uh, and fix it. So I'm, yeah, I'm, Pretty, I have a good understanding of it and I'm pretty confident that it's good. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you're on the right trajectory for the rest of the season and kind of for the rest yeah. of the course, which is the main thing. It's basically, yeah, it's basically a, a typical, it's basically happens to everybody just because you run. Um, that's literally all it is. It's pretty simple when you put it that way. Yeah. And I mean, it'd be boring if everything just went perfectly all the time because, yeah, where's the fun in that? So I think it's no, always definitely. better as well to like identify a weakness or have something happen because mm -hmm. then it also makes you work on some new things which then ultimately make you a better runner in the end because it's not just a straight line of improvement oh yeah yeah Maybe oh yeah I'm, just, I'm glad it happened yeah just be, i think i'll be better optimistic. because of it yeah exactly yeah no you're right you're right you're right 
And talk about your support, your support system. That's one thing, but also just the setup as a whole at NAU in Flagstaff. We know it's not just NAU who train there. We've got, there's so many pro athletes who train there year in, year out. And under Mike Smith at the minute, if I'm correct, is like a few names, Louise Gahalva, Woody Kincaid, Abdi Hamid Nur. Are they all with Mike Smith at, at, at kind of Flagstaff? Are they all coached by Mike? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, they are. They all train together. Um, I see them all the time. And then okay. obviously he also coaches uh, Ellie, Nikki, Rachel. Yeah. So you've got quite a few professional athletes it's a big, and a big professional Rupp, group. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good range there as well. And on mm-hmm. that, my question to you was like seeing the success of I guess Mike's non-collegiate athletes and the trajectory that they have gone since leaving college, some at NAU. I know definitely Louise and uh, Abdi Ahmed Nur were both at mm. NAU before and the success they've had since leaving the collegiate system. Does that really get you excited for the next few years in your career with, obviously, don't want to say too soon, but eventually leaving college and then progressing from there? I assume the setup will remain pretty similar. Yeah, it's it's really cool to um, see them be coached by Coach Smith, and uh, yeah, just we just see them all the time. It's it's like they, you know, I mean, they still live here, so it feels like they haven't left the team. I feel like because we see them so frequently. Um, uh, yeah, I I would love to be a part of that, you know, after college, something like that. And I think uh, seeing them improve um, and run so well and compete um, really well at the world level. Um, gives me a lot of confidence that, you know, I'm on the right path to that as well. And have, have you got plans to, I guess, finish your eligibility of college all the way through? Or is that something you can't really talk about? Or is it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I feel like with COVID and stuff, there's just so much eligibility. Like I have I have a lot left. Um, and I just finished my junior year of like academically of college. So I have a lot left. I don't know uh, how much of it I'll use, but um, yeah, just what, I, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of something I just, you know, take as it goes and um, yeah, talked with my coaches about it. I'm not, I really don't know. And I, I'm not lying. I really don't know. So. Okay. As, as long as you're not just playing it safe on us, because I guess actually no. <laughs> no one can really speak about it anyway. Like you always hear people say, oh, I'm definitely not joining this brand or I'm definitely not doing this. And then the next week they do exactly that. So in running, it's quite oh. restrictive anyway, but at least you're being honest and saying that you actually don't know. Yeah. So uh, that's fine. No, I don't. Yeah. That's good. So just taking it year by year or season by season, I guess, and seeing yeah. where you get. And I, I assume that's the same with racing. Like when I asked you about the rest of the season, you're like, yep, straight away regionals is next. And that's kind of, Mm-hmm. the focus and then see what happens from there and where your fitness goes I guess is the is the main aim for this season yeah definitely you're right yeah I as like researching for this podcast I did stalk your Instagram and see doing a lot of sessions on the treadmill a lot of threshold sessions it's treadmill hill strides which mm-hmm. seem to be a thing now from people but something I did notice yeah. is you often train in some quite a diverse amount of shoes and some of them <laughs> In the era of super shoes, I've seen you be wearing some like old school Adidas flats and stuff like that and some Pegasus and everything like that. So what's the reason yeah. for doing sessions in, at this point, non-super shoes? Or is that just me noticing yeah. a very rare occurrence? No, it's not very rare. Um, that's something I recently uh, started to do. Um, 
yeah, after cross country, uh, I think I realized that wearing super shoes for everything was uh, causing me more problems than uh, than helping me. I think there's definitely a place for them um, in training. And uh, I think they can help a lot in certain scenarios. But I think a lot of the time, uh, basically the idea is like when I'm when wearing super shoes, the stack height is so high that there's more foam that I have to push through to reach to the ground and um, to run in the most like efficient way for myself is to get to the ground quicker. So if I'm wearing something that's um, not as, yeah, not as thick as like a super shoe, I, I don't have to basically like I don't have to work as hard to reach to the ground. And I think, um, yeah. And I think I feel better because of that. So um, not to say that I don't ever use super shoes. I'm just saying it's not something like I don't like want to overuse it basically. Yeah. I think that's probably the best because like a good balance is I'm in the same boat at the minute. I've started training in a bit more of a flat, which is, it's like mm-hmm. good and bad because on one sense it promotes correct mechanics and more efficient mechanics, which helps a lot for track when you're wearing spikes. But also mm-hmm. on the other side, it obviously means that you're probably not getting the same recovery in or the same protection from having a super shoe, like of a big stack. So you kind of got to, I guess maybe for like longer tempos or longer sessions, mm-hmm. that's why you wear your super shoes. And when it's something a bit more reliant on mechanics or turnover, you can kind of mix it up yes. a bit on that. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the turnover piece. It's hard to turn over and um, choose the high stack height, yeah. And without giving away any secrets of training and stuff like that, is it all pretty similar to when we last talked? So, you know, I can't even remember how many miles a week it was, but is, mm-hmm. is it pretty similar to the, like this time last year or has things changed since then? Uh, I'd, I think it's probably pretty similar. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really, I could just, like 70 to 80 miles a week somewhere in there um track season that's pretty typical um yeah double weeks where we do double t that mileage might go up a little bit but um, other than that it's pretty consistent i don't think we do really um anything a whole lot different yeah just yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> and the favorite double double thresholds kind of 3200s and 1600s in the morning and then 1600s at night i think i said on your you said on your instagram yep Something yeah like same thing yeah do you, yeah do you prefer to threshold on the treadmill or outside it depends i well i think it goes by faster on the track and i think um yeah i think if you have people to run with and you can like get behind and take turns pacing i would say i prefer the track but i think um when doing like double t i think it's important to um get away from the track for one of the sessions whether that's you're running on like a road or um, a treadmill um, which I would prefer doing the treadmill just so it's, you're not turning as much. And uh, yeah, I like doing the the woodway, like maybe for the afternoon session, cause it's, it's soft and it's just like a straight line and um, it doesn't take as much mental energy either. Cause you set the pace and then you just run. So, yeah. Okay. And something I've been battling with on the treadmill specifically is uh, the incline you put it at. Are you one of those people who puts it at 1% or are you like a zero or 0.5% <laughs> kind of guy? Uh, definitely zero or zero point five. I'd say some. I'd say a lot of times we put at like point five. Um, but definitely zero a lot too. Yeah, no, I I don't put at one percent. Yeah. yeah, whoever whoever said like I I always see like seen it everywhere. Like you've got to put your treadmill at one percent. And whoever came up with that rule has no clue what they're talking about because whenever I put a treadmill at one percent, it feels so much harder than running outside. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion, anyway. And I guess people's mechanics are different on the treadmill and stuff like that, but. 
generally speaking, zero or zero point five percent gradient is probably the best way to go. Oh yeah, I definitely feel that. That's that's the best way. So you majored in nutrition, or you major in nutrition? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So yeah, this segment I've called it superfoods with Nico, and I'm going to list <laughs> some superfoods and their supposed benefits, and you can tell us your opinion on those superfoods and maybe if you have them or if you think it's complete rubbish, what they're saying. Um, I just want to add a quick disclaimer. All superfoods aren't actually super and you still need a balanced diet. I just want to add that in there because yes. I don't want to say that we're endorsing yes. not having a balanced diet and correct nutrition yes. and sleep, etc. But first one is beetroot juice and supposedly the nitric oxide improves blood flow, which improves endurance, recovery, etc. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, that's definitely true. Um, I, that is something like we did go over in one of my nutrition courses was uh, nitric oxides and beet juice. Um, but the one thing with that is like beets definitely get the reputation for it, but there's plenty of other things that also contain nitric oxides. Like I'm pretty sure arugula contains more than beets do, but beets like get the reputation for it. Any dark leafy green has it. Most vegetables do. So um, also breathing through your nose does which is interesting. I don't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess if you, there's like a whole science behind that, how it like increases like your body's production of nitric oxides if you do that. But yeah, that's my opinion on that. Interesting. I might start taping yeah. my mouth up like Jordy Beamish does when he sleeps in because if breathing yeah. for your nose increases <laughs> nitric oxide, that might, mm -hmm. might be something to that. Um, the next one is dark chocolate, which is supposedly an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and again, improves blood flow. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's true. It, uh, dark chocolate contains, a, uh, cocoa contains a lot of antioxidants. So yeah, it's a really high antioxidant food, which be, because of that, it would be anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, um, like pretty much everything. Um, so uh, yeah, dark chocolate is good for you. I think that. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Are you, are you a consumer of dark chocolate regularly or is it something? Yeah, that you don't really... definitely. Yeah. No, I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have, and milk I chocolate. With porridge, but... <laughs> yeah. Milk chocolate as well. Yeah. I have it with porridge, porridge every morning. I'll try to anyway. Um, yeah. The final one is possibly the holy grail of runners. Uh, I guess every runner at some point has had this and it's not so much a superfood, but everyone loves it. And that's chocolate milk, which protein, mm. hydration, bone health. Are you an avid drinker of chocolate milk or is it something you don't tend to have? And do you see the benefit in, I guess, having chocolate milk specifically post post session? Yeah. Um, I'm not a drinker of chocolate milk. I never have been. It's just because I don't really like it a whole lot. I don't, I'm not really sure why. I also, I'm not like a fan of like chocolate ice cream either, which is weird because I like chocolate things, but not like chocolate ice cream and chocolate milk, but um, yeah, for recovery, I think, um, it's definitely a great, it could be a great option. I mean, as long as it has uh, a good amount of protein and um, I'm sure it has a lot of carbohydrates if it's sweetened, like what chocolate milk would be. So that's good. Um, you want both of those together. You don't want just carbs or just protein after a workout. Um, you want both. So um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And milk is like 80% um, casein protein. I don't even know if that's how you say that but it's a slower digesting protein. So that's perfect for after a run when um, your body, uh, yeah, needs uh, needs uh, amino acids to recover. 
So, <laughs> yeah. So, even though you don't drink it, chocolate milk has been approved by uh, nutritionist Nico Young. So, yes, I'm yes. sure everyone will be happy to hear that. And yeah, other than other than those mentioned, is there any sort of foods slash supplements not included that you would recommend or you like taking? What you actually think make a difference, or at least at least placeboy placeboy, or I don't know if that's a word, yeah. but or that you take just because you think they make a difference, basically, is what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, I think, yeah, people always ask me this, and like you said at the very beginning, above all, like having a balanced diet is, having a balanced diet and eating enough food is the best thing that you can do um, for your sports performance. Um, that's like above all, like what, what you wanna have. And I think if you wanna get like even more specific with that, um, yeah, eat a lot of colors, mostly plants, and you'll you're gonna be great um, with that. Um, and spread your protein intake throughout the day. There's a lot of things I could say, but uh, yeah. And then um, I guess, I guess some supplements. I think, uh, I think everybody should take B12 and vitamin D, um, just because I think. Uh, well, especially if you're not, if you don't eat meat, taking B12 is uh, really important because you're not going to get that in your diet. Um, and I also think if you do eat meat, uh, I learned that it's not really highly absorbable in meat. So I think you just take B12 and there's no known upper limit. So you can't like overdose on it. And uh, um, uh, vitamin D, just because uh, that's really important for bone health. And without vitamin D, you're not going to adequately absorb um, calcium. Um, so uh, that's also really important. Um, and if you're eating a diet that includes a lot of plants, you're going to get a lot of antioxidants, which is going to help you recover faster because we exercise in such, uh, we exercise so much that it definitely produces excess stress. So we need something to help with that. And um, yeah, eating enough food and um, a variety of food is really going to help with that. So, How uh, like much do you take time out of your day or time like stressing, thinking about what you should be having at like set times set times because obviously if you know so much about a subject surely you must be like eating something and you're thinking oh maybe this isn't what i should be eating right now or maybe i should add this add this do you stress about that stuff or do you kind of still have a like a relaxed approach yeah um i think i did um but i think the more i've learned the more i just like i just know that like pretty much everything's fine i say everything in moderation i feel like is is a fine thing to say um so I, and I also, I feel like I've now know so much that I have a pretty good like routine down that I, groceries I buy and stuff. So I, I definitely have stuff planned pretty far out, but it's not really a stressful thing for me because it's, um, I feel like I'm able to do it pretty easily now. Um, yeah. And I've definitely, I don't really stress like, you know, like specifically like you know when i'm at a race and i don't have the stuff that i usually eat i know it's going to be fine because um yeah i actually know the science behind it so i know like it's not that big of a deal yeah yeah i think that's something actually good to prepare for because i'm the same where i was yeah so precise every every time i went to a race especially where you have to fly somewhere or you're staying in a different country mm -hmm. it's like oh no i can't have my exact meal before a race yeah. I, always, I always used to panic and you can't let that happen because there's so many variables where no. you could be racing so it's more about i guess the actual food group as a whole and maybe how that fuels you rather than very very specific kind of food 
Yeah, I think that's where like the superfood thing sometimes gets like a little misconstrued as like, um, oh my god, like people talk about like tart cherry juice or like blueberries or something like in like there's nothing else like this. A, a lot of foods contain the exact same compounds that that food has. So it's, there's so many options. It's not a big deal if you don't get to have that, you know, before your race, like it's fine. That's what I think. So. Yeah. I guess the super, there's nothing special good. about a specific food. Yeah. They're only as good as their marketing yeah. strategy. Really? Yes. They're marketed to be way better than they actually are. And like, at NAU, are you at a, like a, do you have a canteen or do you do most of the cooking? Cause I know obviously you're a big chef as well. So what's sort of the dynamic of having a canteen or cooking every day? Yeah. Um, I, I cook for myself and, um, I would say most days it's pretty simple. Um, I'd say a lot of times for dinner, I'll just make like pasta and some sort of sauce with like vegetables and stuff. And, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I definitely just, I pretty much just cook for myself. So, or I'll go out yeah. to eat a lot of the time though, too, with like the team and stuff. But. Yeah. Are you, are you cooking for the team as well? Or like, is there any like chef nights where you just treat everyone to some of your cooking or is it just basically for yourself most of the time? Um, I'd say most of the time it's for myself, but I'm uh, sometimes uh, my roommates and I will like have the yeah, we'll like do like group dinners team. And it's not just like some I'll like help. And then other nights, maybe we'll go to someone else's house and they'll make food. So uh, we definitely will get together for stuff like that, which makes it fun. Yeah. And what what's your like, I'm not sure if you have it in the US, but we have something called come dine with me in the UK where people come around to your house and you've got to cook them a meal. Like, What would be your like go to meal to cook for people? I guess start a main and dessert. Oh, gosh. Um doesn't have to be a specific food group or nutritionally beneficial, just whatever you, ever you want. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, for like a, a starter, I guess, like uh, the first thing that comes to my head, I don't know why is like bruschetta or something. I don't know. Sounds good. And then um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I always say this, but like a homemade pasta and then a dessert, maybe like, um, like a, yeah homemade pie or something i feel like pie is easy and it's so good so yeah okay i'm, I'm trying to think if we have the same pie uh in the uk as the us kind of like a i don't know like a berry pie or something i don't know okay. i haven't made one in like freaking forever okay. but it's uh yeah okay I've, do we call that a crumble here have you maybe I've, i'd say that's like the same thing like yeah a okay yeah, it's yeah same okay. idea yeah with ice cream and stuff maybe yeah yeah or yeah no. that's yeah. yeah that's i I love mixing like ice cream and cake like i've always wanted to try an ice yes. cream cake I've, ne I've never tried it but that seems like the dream to me <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely completely switching things yeah. up but back to the running side of things is pre-race routine in as much detail as possible and as what you're allowed to share can you talk us through your pre-race <laughs> routine are you doing a shake out the day of the race what music are you listening to yeah what are you eating and when are you warming up? And does that change whether it's a 1500 or a 5k or a, tech or a crash country race? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about, I guess, like um, kind of what I did um, this past weekend at our conference meet. Um, yeah, uh, say I think my race was at like 2 p.m. or something. So it wasn't that late, but um, I slept till I woke up um, eight. I think I had like yogurt, granola and oatmeal and like, berries and stuff for breakfast and then i shook out at 
10 a.m., which was four hours before my 2 p.m. race. Um, I, after that, I, um, I ate a frozen burrito that I bought at the store because um, that's all I had. And um, I had some snacks. And uh, then I, like, yeah, there's not, it's really not that interesting, to be honest. It's running, shaking out, and eating, and then, um, yeah, getting, like, caffeine stuff ready. Like, I had, like, a Morton caffeine gel and uh, drink mix, brought that with me, um, warmed up, had the gel immediately after I was done running my warm-up drills and stuff, went to race. Um, and for 1,500, I mean, actually, for every race, um, I'll warm up, like, three miles and uh, – do we do some like extended strides during the warm up to make sure we're warm? And um, I would say the warm up is pretty fast. Um, I think you have to kind of be a little bit tired and uh, have the warm up be a little bit hard for you to be ready for a race, especially a race like the 1500. So it's definitely like that. Um, yeah. That's something that I'm trying to do. I, I, well, I'll first go back to the Morton thing. Morton gels are the best things ever. They taste like the texture and the taste I absolutely love. Like they're just amazing. This isn't a yeah. sponsored brand deal or anything. Just Morton just no. <laughs> is so much better than everything else out there. I love Morton yeah. so much. But yeah, the, the next thing is, it is interesting how you said about the longer warm-up and the faster warm-up, because that's something I'm trying to change mm-hmm. at the minute, because I did a 15 in January, and it was 40 minutes delayed. And so I was just doing some like oh, steady gosh. strides yeah. like over and over again to try and keep warm. And I had a really good race. So I'm like, well, if I did mm-hmm. so many more strides, then surely I should be doing more strides in my warm-up to just trying to you know get the air, get yeah. all the systems working properly and is that something you've sort of adapted over time just having a bit of a faster more intense warm-up and do you find that actually really helps yeah. in the race sort of you feel ready don't you yeah definitely i mean that's like what you're doing when you're warming up you're trying to bridge the gap between um yeah not being warmed up to being able to run that fast pace so you want to yeah, be as warmed up as possible I think a lot of people like are like they don't want to waste energy in the warm up, but yeah, the unfortunate thing is you have to spend energy in the warm up so then you can feel better in the race. Um, and I think yeah, that means something different for everyone. Like some people, I'll do well not warming up super hard, but I I'm not that person, so I definitely have to warm up pretty hard. And I think also um, our coaches always tell us like training at altitude um, and being like uh, very aerobically fit. Um, it takes more to um, warm up like that system to uh, be ready for the race. So, yeah, that's exactly what I got told by someone. Um, in yeah. terms of on OAC Europe, he said like I was doing a session, what was like fifteen pace, and I kind of did my usual warm up, and then I struggled, even though I did some reps at fifteen pace the week before, halfway through a session, and I felt great. And he was like, "Well, it sounds like you haven't warmed up aerobically enough because you're that type of runner. Yeah, you need to kind of." do a bit more which is a little unfortunate it's never nice to run more and more before you actually get to race but i guess you've got to do it to yeah sort of be ready for the race which at the minute as well i guess especially with the way you like to run i know how you said you and drew kind of had the tactics going into the race at cross country mm. you kind of got to be ready to go from the gun most of the time yeah 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 you don't want to feel like you're ready to race after the race is finished that means you probably didn't warm up enough so yeah yeah, exactly. And also, if it feels tough from the start, it's probably, again, down to either going off too fast or you didn't warm up enough. And that's kind of sets you, off, yeah. sets you up for failure, really, especially when you're trying to go for a fast time. You need to be raring to go. So next up yeah. is um, 
I originally planned this as a Nico Young quiz, but as I started to find questions, it was kind of hard to find stuff that you definitely wouldn't know about yourself. So I've tried to find some questions that you probably might not know, and uh, we'll see how you get on. There's three questions, and the first one is, what has been your highest world athletics ranking in the 5,000 meters? Oh, I don't know. Um, the, like in the world, like not yeah. US, right? Like world. Yeah, in the world. Maybe like 50? 37. 51? 37. Oh, that's a lot yeah. better. That's good. Yeah. I, I should have written down when that was, but I don't. I assume it was when you ran 1311. It's probably last year. Yeah. And according to World Athletics, what is your best performance by how many World Athletics points you received? Was it like the NCAA indoor meet? Like, not this year, but the last year? I feel like that was weighted like really high. So, not. written down, I think this is so. This is the problem with World Athletics. They've got World Athletics points, and then they've also got just the scoring points, which is based off the performance, just the merit of the performance mm -hmm. and the time. So, the one I've got written down here is actually your indoor 5K in 1325. That's apparently better than your, what was it 1315? Mm, you've I ran 1325 indoors oh. for the 5K, I assume, hopefully, since I've got it written down. Yes, I don't know if I've run that exact time, but. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. well, I've got it up still, actually. Let me, let me tell you. So it was the, oh, this is really, really bad preparation from me, but oh well. Maybe it, it could have been, was it the BU like 1315? Was it that? Is that what you're talking about? I, I'm not yeah, sure. the 1315. I, I, for some reason, I put Okay, so that was one. this December. Yes, that is your highest this scoring point in World of wow, Athletics, apparently, crazy. with 1,205. And your oh, second, wow. and also your under 20 record for uh, 1322 at BU as well mm. is ranked higher than basically all indoor races, for some reason, that ranked higher than outdoors so your ncaa division one mm -hmm. championships is second with 1183 yeah. points if anyone knows what that means yeah cool but yeah all all your top performances on rankings are indoor 5k meets and then after that is your mm -hmm. 1311 and then your yeah 1319 from hayward field i guess okay the, yeah is that the yeah, prelims or is that the final that was the, there wasn't a prelim last year, it was just straight final. So yeah, it was that race. Straight yeah. final. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. And then the final question, hopefully this is right. According to Google, how tall is Nico Young? Oh, um, I feel like Google says I'm 5'11", because that's probably, they're probably taking some information from high school, but I'm six foot. Okay. Like flat, I, I, something like that. I'll, I'll, uh. I say that as well, though. So I'm technically 5'11", but I also am six foot. So maybe you're the same <laughs> as me. But yeah, Google does say you're, you are 5'11". Yeah. But I'm okay. I'm the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm six foot one with shoes on, six foot two with alpha flies on. So that's kind of all that matters. Yes. Really. <laughs> um, so the closing questions we ask everyone. Um, the first one, we've asked you this before, I'm pretty sure. But this time, it's a year later, things might have changed. And also, it's worded differently. So it's not the same question. So if anyone gets on us for asking the same question, it's not the same question. If you could wave <laughs> a magic wand, what is one thing you'd change about the sport? Oh, um, I, I guess they're already kind of like 
getting away from this, but um, they're like the qualifying standards for meets are getting so much faster that they're focusing more on competing. And I feel like that's something we talk about a lot in our program is like comp competing over time trialing. So um, I like the direction that that's moving in. I think the standards are <laughs> kind of crazy, but I also think that um, the message is good. So I agree. I, I love what Will Flex are doing yeah. with that. It, it's a shame where, where I'm from in the UK, they're choosing to not listen to the ranking system and only mm. take people who they think are going to meddle. So if the governing body oh, listens to yeah. it, then it's it's fine. Like, because the rankings, I think it's what, 50-50? World Athletics want to try and do to, to get people entered into championships where 50% run the qualifying standard and then 50% qualify based off yeah. competition points or whatever. That's really cool because it's no one mm -hmm. wants to see those fast times all the time. But in countries like the UK... Yeah. They're not listening to the World Athletics rankings and they're not accepting invites for people who don't hit the standards. So it's pretty, it's a shame, but I agree. I think yeah, that's quite a cool, yeah. a cool thing where we can focus on races rather than just times. Yeah, for sure. What is your favorite thing about being an elite runner? Um, I like, I like being all in on it and uh, yeah, just structuring like my life around it and uh yeah i pull a lot of meaning from uh the effort that i put into this and uh yeah i think i really yeah i really enjoy doing it i feel like it um yeah it makes me feel like i'm doing something and i uh yeah i like also being able being able to uh you know use my platform to um, talk about things that i want to so yeah are you are you very uh like precise with you tracking everything like i spoke to kipchoge a few weeks ago that was a terrible name drop, but I did. So I, he said he has a diary for everything. Like he literally writes down everything. He's training, how he felt in the session. Are you like that? Do you go all in like that? Or is it just more focus and kind of just bettering yourself in every way you can? Um, it's uh, definitely, I definitely track a lot. We have like a, a log at NAU that we like fill out and stuff. So I every run I have a description, even if it's a shakeout pretty much, even if I just write shakeout, but like, so I definitely track that. Um, I would, yeah, I would say it's more just, um, yeah, living my life in a way that is uh, conducive to running fast. So, yeah. And what is your least favorite thing about being an elite runner? Um, I think the the pressure from uh, people outside of the, like, my inner circle that's, like, put on, not just me, but I see it, you know, um, being put on other people um, who uh, maybe are younger than I am and not as experienced and have to deal with it and figure out how they're gonna um you know deal with that for the rest of their running career i think that can be a lot but it's also part of it so there's not really much you can do about it and i think uh, it can also be a good thing but i think uh a lot of times it can uh, cause problems but um it's definitely something you just have to um uh just as i got older i've then i've matured and i think i'm i've understand like how to uh think about it so um definitely yeah, probably that. And I guess as well, from like your perspective, you and your brother's very, very famous in the running world. It's kind of another step up of that sort of pressure because everyone expects you to do so well all the time because your name is young, basically, at this point. That's kind of what it is where you or your brothers, and I, I even see it with uh, the Salmons as well. Like If you don't run really well, yeah. everyone's automatically saying, oh, they're, they're burnt out or oh, there's something wrong with them. And it's never, they can't just have one bad race as well. So the expectations for you, especially, are very, very high for yeah. 
whatever reason. I guess that's quite flattering as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I worry more about Lex and Leo than myself, but um, they're very good at handling it. So <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves as well. Uh, yes, so they are, for sure. They're going okay. So we've got less than a minute on this call, so I'd just like to say thank you very much for coming back for another podcast, and hopefully it wasn't too much of the same, and hopefully it wasn't that, no. much, of, that much of a bad host. So I appreciate you for coming on, and is there anything you'd like to say for the last 10 seconds where you'll probably get cut off mid-sentence? Uh, I don't think so, but thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, thanks. And there we go. Another week is done and dusty. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Running Podcast. That's where we talk all things running. The highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course, everything in between. Big up to Alfie for stepping up to take hosting duties today. And thank you to our guest, Nico Young, for his time on the show. Now, if you've enjoyed today's listen, please do leave us a review and head over to our Instagram at Trackster to keep up to date with everything we're up to. And you won't have to wait too much longer for another episode because next week we're changing things up once again. We basically just change every week. We throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But we will be having a round the table conversation with two Melbourne Track Club stablemates in Jack Rayner and Matt Ramsden and our very own Charlotte Purdue's boyfriend, Adam Clark. This will be available on our YouTube channel to watch or you can catch the audio on the podcast for your weekly long run. I've been Lloyd, your hype man for the day. I'll catch you down the road for a run and a chat. But in the meantime, smash it, runners.